You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover. California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. How you doing, Archery Unfiltered Fuckos? How's my family? How's my people doing? How are my fellow archers? My California pew pew arrow shooters. You guys doing good? Well, I have an awesome interview for you guys. I have uh, ben Hobbs that I'm going to be interviewing. And it's a weird thing to say I have. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing Ben Hobbs. And, uh, um, you know, this interview, or I should say this, this phone conversation, interview sounds super, super weird. I'm just a, you know, most of these podcasts you guys are getting, they're just mainly phone conversations that have a lot of cool archery intel in it. Um, my conversation with Ben Hobbs is really cool. Uh, he is like next level archery, and you know, he, you know, I'm I'm not going to give away any of this this uh, conversation, but you know, he'll say like, you know, I, I've slowed down a little bit over the years, but um, the thing is, he is still really high level archery. It, I feel like once you hit a certain point, you understand what it is like what it is that makes really high level shooting and i'm just starting to figure it out i'm not you know i'm not in any way gonna say that i know high level shooting until i can prove it to people um but ben hobbs has proved it he has won multiple national events uh he's he's done the the crazy indoor scores he shot the the clean 450 scores he shot bananas field scores in the bow hunter freestyle like arguably a harder format than freestyle and um and i it's just amazing and and so i hope you guys listen carefully to what he has to say because um there's a lot of like solid wisdom in this guy there's a lot of like really good intel here and i'm telling you guys the next level like it goes you know you tune your bow you tune your arrows you tune your shot process the final stage is the mental is the in between the ears stuff it's the most common missing stage to to shooting and it's it's like the most overlooked and what's crazy is it's the most effective it's the thing that will get you further or i don't know it's hard to say it's it i'm messing it up just because i I, you know i i'm still new to the whole podcasting thing (laughs) i'm still i'm still a white belt at this whole podcasting thing um i was very nervous interviewing ben uh as you guys can tell in certain interviews when i am 
interviewing or talking to someone that I admire a lot, I get extremely nervous. I was extremely nervous interviewing Mark. Uh, Ben Hobbs is no different. These are guys that I've looked up to for a long time. Uh, Ben specifically I've looked up to just because of the way he carries himself. He's a really well put together guy. Uh, He's very humble. He's quiet. He's, I don't know. He's not super flashy about stuff. Um, it's it's uh, it's interesting. A lot of like pros, they let you know what they're thinking. You know, uh, whether it be their political opinion or you know what they think about the shoes you're wearing or whatever. Ben's just really like really respectful and and quiet. And maybe this is just the Ben I I've met, but. Um, I think a lot of people can agree with me. The guy is like, he's just solid. Uh, and he's just a quiet killer, man. And what's crazy is, this is one of the things that I've always harped on. <laughs> there are giants in our backyard. I'm, And, you know, I just realized that recently I have listeners from not in California. And I always preach about this being a California podcast. There are probably giants in your backyard as well. Like every state has legends in it archery is not just a california sport it's not just a montana sport or you know new hampshire sport you know what i mean (laughs) i uh, these guys these legends are in our backyards and they will talk to us most of the time i just got lucky ben hobbs will actually talk to me that's pretty awesome but these guys are there and they will give you info like solid info and uh, I just feel fortunate enough to be able to talk to guys like Ben, um, you know, uh, guys like Mark Rubio, uh, Randy Long, Tommy Daly. I'm going to try to get a hold of sooner or later. Uh, you know, now that I got this whole podcasting set up, kind of figured out. I just got to figure out how to be a good interviewer now. Um, but, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this interview with Ben Hobbs. He's a killer. Um, well, I'll, I'll go over in, in the episode about all the things he's accomplished. He's probably one of the most accomplished shooters I think I've ever talked to. So, uh, enjoy guys. Um, but before I got to thank my sponsors as always, DB custom coatings, the Sarah coding guys out of Napa guys, and guy and gal out of Napa. They will make your bow looking good. Uh, if you check out Casey Caulfield, her bow is freaking sick. It was in the Olympics. Darren, Sarah coded that. No joke. Um, was it the world championships also? I don't know. She shot that bow a lot. And Darren Sarah coded that bow. No joke. Darren's also Sarah coded my bows. Uh, I don't know. They just look cool. Sarah coding stands up to like all the bullshit you can throw at it. So you actually like putting a nice armored shell over your bow. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you guys check him out. Uh, also carbon craft stabilizers, you guys know me and how much I love these stabilizers. You can get them from (laughs) impact archery in Fresno or (laughs) West coast archery in Petaluma. Um, you guys can call place your order. I think you can hit them up online. Uh, Brian Webb is your contact guy at impact archery and then Rudy Sandoval or Hans or Adrian can hit set you up at West coast archery. Um, and that's pretty much it, you know. Uh, I hope you guys don't mind me being a fanboy 
for a lot of this episode. I mean, there's just some people I really admire. You know? Uh, it's crazy. I admire Austin Watts. He's younger than me, too. It's crazy. I admire Blake Jerome. A lot of the people I talk to on this podcast, I'll say all of the people, have a quality or another that I really admire. You know? Um, everyone. Everyone I interview on this show is, in one way or another, uh, something that I'm trying to strive to be more like. And uh, it's just really cool because Ben has gone through all these things that I'm going through in my life right now. And he's come out the other side and he's still shooting his bow. He's still a badass, And that is my goal. Like that is my, my main goal is to still be shooting my bow. And my kid is 18 and still be lo- in love with his sport. Like I am with it in with it now. So, um, yeah, uh, you guys enjoy and, uh, let me know what you think as always. How's it going, Ben? Hey, Wendell, how are you? Great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. <laughs> oh, dude, uh, thanks for, well, one, taking the time to be a guest on my show and taking the time to talk to me. <laughs> Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Love uh, love listening to your podcast. So you do a great, great, great job. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. I listen to all of them. It's just a bunch of... It's just a bunch of like bad jokes and Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, Ben, I've been like a big fan of yours for I wanna say about three years now. I've been oh, a, thank you. Uh, yeah, I've been a huge fan of yours and I knew I knew you were like an OG at winning in archery, but I didn't know exactly how much it was until I talked to Austin. And then I didn't know how much until I Googled you. You're very humble and low-key about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, always have been. <laughs> I just uh, like shooting my bow. <laughs> okay, so I have this this thing that I've always said is, like, the guys that are the humblest are always the most dangerous on the field. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, okay, so a large portion of the people that listen to my podcast are kind of like Bay Area people that really don't know much outside the bubble, like, of the Bay mm-hmm. Area. Mm-hmm. I uh, I just found out recently I have a bunch of listeners from out of state, and so I'd like to go over exactly who Ben Hobbs is, and okay. I'll tell you what I know of you. I know that you've won Vegas at one point, yes. yep. and um, I know that you have uh, cleaned Redding with Tommy Daly in the T-Money event. Twice. Yep. Jesus, twice. <laughs> yeah, we won... I can't remember if we um, cleaned it both times, but I know we won it twice as a team. Yeah. Jesus. And, okay, so you guys have – that's already huge, two huge national events. Um, mm-hmm. I know that you've shot a 450 for the state uh, indoor championship before. Mm-hmm. That's pretty insane. <laughs> um, and then – are there other Ben Hobbs out there? Because it looks like there was a Ben Hobbs that set a record in Florida also. I've never shot in Florida. Um, the year that I won Vegas, I won the Indoor Nationals as well. Really? Yes. Is that the yep. Cincinnati Indoor Nationals? It was actually held in uh, Oklahoma that year. Oh, crazy. So that, that was the five-spot event. 
Yeah, oh yeah, yep. And then uh, won the outdoor nationals the same year. Jesus. Now that that's with that's in bow hunter freestyle. That wasn't with freestyle. Right. But, right. But, but still, back then, uh, bow hunter freestyle was pretty popular. Right. I remember hearing. Okay, so I'm gonna get into that in a second. But I mm-hmm. remember hearing about how bow hunter freestyle was pretty much the freestyle of its time. Like at the time, it was, it was the yes. freestyle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. So I looked over your bow hunter freestyle records, and I shot you shot uh. You shot some pretty insane field scores, bow hunter freestyle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shot a five fifty four. <laughs> yeah, dude. In Dar- in Darrington, five fifty one, five fifty. Yeah, had had a pretty good year. <laughs> <laughs> so then, that year, did you have kids already when you were doing this? N- no, that was nineteen ninety seven. So no, it was right before you had kids then. Yeah, about three years. Yep. Okay. So at this time, were you just practicing a whole a whole bunch, or were you just grooving with your bow really well? Uh, no, I was practicing every day. Okay, so about do you, how many arrows were you putting in per day? <clears throat> I don't re- recall the arrow count. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know that um, I literally would come home, walk into my bow room, grab my bow, and go outside and shoot between two and three hours every day. Mm-hmm. Yep, that sounds like the the formula right there. Mm-hmm. And I take it you were training for each event, like whatever event was coming up, that's what you were practicing for? Yes, yes. And, you know, fortunately for me, <clears throat> there were so many good good shooters up here, and, you know, all the all the tournaments we went to, it was a crap shoot who'd win. You know, mm-hmm. Tommy, Dale, Tommy Daly... You know, he's kind of another quiet one. That's that guy's amazing. Yeah, uh, I've seen I've seen him shoot some arrows that were just like, how'd you even do that? You know, <laughs> but um, you know, we had Tommy Daly, Russ Weatherby at the time. You know, probably uh-huh. one of the the most killer archery guys out there mm-hmm. at that time, and and we would just practice together. That's awesome. And, what where were yeah. you guys shooting mostly? So, fortunately, where I used to live, I I could have a hundred yard range really easy. So I would practice at home, and then I would practice at um, straight arrow archery. Oh, cool! Bow hunters. Um, yeah, all the time. Wow. Okay. So I know that. Yeah, there's like the the Redding crowd. Uh, yeah. Of people, which mm-hmm. you guys kind of came up with. I mean, you guys came up before Page, but you guys are also one of the reasons why Paige is such a killer because yeah yeah we had randy tucker you know russ weatherby uh matt severson there's just a, a ton of people well Paige's dad kevin uh-huh you kevin. know yeah he 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 will tell everybody he doesn't know how to shoot but he he's a killer too yeah i shot you with know. him last year <laughs> yeah he's great a, guy he's a killer <laughs> mm-hmm, he is so we were fortunate to have all these people to really you know, Russ and I used to practice all the time together, and he was shooting freestyle at the time. I, I would go head-to-head with him with pins, you know, and we'd just duke it out on a field round. Your bow hunter scores are insane. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> I knew you were badass at shooting bow hunter freestyle, but then when I saw your field scores today, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, 
Was it, me and Emerson used to talk about <clears throat> all the guys, all the badass um, bow hunter freestyle guys that, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, oh, you know, we think we're bad. But guys were shooting these scores bow hunter style like back in the day. And uh, one of those guys was Buck Heron. We were like, oh, man, we've seen Buck Heron shoot like a, you know, a, a, a 540 on this course. <laughs> you know oh, yeah. I mean? yeah. Really good shooter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but then I saw your scores and I was like, I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and at the time, you know, we, we couldn't have a back bar, um, a 12-inch uh, front stabilizer, five pins. Holy cow. Um, I refused to, at the, the end of my bowhunter I guess you could say career. Um, you could use bubbles, and I refused to use one. What? Nope, never used one. <laughs> Why? Because it was working so well. Why change it? <laughs> That's a good point. Do you run a bubble on your freestyle setup now? Oh, of course. Yeah, now <laughs> I couldn't live without one. But at the time, I was like, no, I don't need one. Oh, man. So, okay, Ben, uh, we'll go dial it back, or I'm going to like take it back. Uh, and when did you start shooting archery? Oh gosh, I started shooting just to go, just to hunt when I was probably about 16 or so. Whoa. Yeah. So when did you, but I didn't, I didn't start shooting tournaments until I was like 24, 25. Uh Uh-huh. So, okay. So I take it, you started getting pretty good then when you were in your twenties, or at least you wanted to start getting competitive. Well, I went to my first, the first big tournament I went to was of course Reading and I got beat by everybody. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, this is not going to happen again. And I started getting serious about it. So, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I that's I, I think most people can share that experience. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yep. And so, yeah. So I take it doing writing is what got you into target archery. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And uh, when exactly did you start winning? Like when, when did you get your first? I imagine there's a point where you got a taste of victory. And then you were like, now I know what I'm, you know, for sure what I'm doing. Yeah, I think around 94, 95, I shot Reading again. And by this time I'd had, a, you know, I got a target bow and mm-hmm. the right release and and all that stuff. And I think I won Reading like in the B class or A class. I don't remember, but um, I, that kind of gave me the taste for it. And then I just started putting every every minute I had into it. Damn. Uh so at what point did you Okay, so I, I take it you your name's all over Reading now <laughs> as far as, you know, uh winning. Did, mm-hmm. When did you decide to switch to freestyle? So we were Oh, that was so after I won the Vegas and Indoor Nationals and Outdoor Nationals. Uh-huh. I decided, well, I'm going to go play with the big boys. So in 1998, I turned pro, and that's where I've been. That's awesome. Is that about the time you became a Hoyt uh, pro staffer? That is exactly it. Yep. Yep. Hoyt uh, signed me in 1998 and been on their staff ever since. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, Ben, I was a a pretty um, hard Matthews loyalist until I shot with you for indoor. (laughs) <laughs> and you made yeah. you made the Invicta look so damn cool. I ended up getting an Invicta afterwards. <laughs> yeah, but you're not shooting an Invicta now. Those things are so hard to tune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. But you know what? I think that whole tuning thing is kind of like um, 
it, you know, it, it's not the end all be all because Austin is absolutely dominating with his bow and it wouldn't be what you necessarily call tuned, you know? Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, uh, known a lot of people in this sport and, you know, it's about you, you make, you make a good clean shot. Mm-hmm. It better go in the middle mm-hmm. period. I don't care how it gets there. It just better go in the middle. So that's, I'm not a big into all this fancy dancy, uh, tuning <laughs> well i'll just like throw away this page of questions i have <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's crazy you say that because the more i you know the more i sh- you know shoot when i can um i, I just had a daughter and so yes. the my uh, time to practice when i do practice it has to be very like focused and i have to take mm-hmm. it serious and i'm mm-hmm. starting to find that uh, the mental part of archery is so much more important than I've ever given it, um, you know, I've ever given it respect for. And uh, I have to agree with you. I think all that tuning stuff is is great and all, but um, when it comes right down to it, it's, you know, you have to break a shot in the middle. And what it takes to get there is all between your ears, I guess, you know. Yeah, it is. It's 100% true. Um mentally you have to be tough and and know your form mm-hmm. and break a shot in the middle so to, you, you you got your you know i take it from shooting at straight arrow bow hunters you got super sharp you're shooting against mm-hmm. a bunch of killers um but i know that's not the only that's not all it takes to get to you know this champion like you know you, you shot national championships you've won national championships Mm-hmm. did you like how, how did you approach the mental side of it are you just like were you just born a mentally tough guy or what was this something that developed over time no i do a lot of like visualization you know i really i sit there and i look at the target and i picture how it should feel um how it feels when it when the shot breaks mm-hmm. where the pin is in the dot and watch the arrow go right in the middle i i do that every time i not every time, but I, I really tried to focus on doing that every time before I shoot an arrow. Mm, right, right. I, I've heard, um, I can't remember who it was, but I, I've heard of like really accomplished shooters doing that also, where they will shoot, you know, during a 300, they're, you know, when they're not up on the line, they're sitting, thinking, visualizing, shooting a 300. Yeah, and it does. You know, it takes a couple of seconds. I, I'll do it on the line all the time. You know, sit there, watch it mm-hmm. go in the middle, pull back, and hopefully execute the shot that I just visualized. Right. Um, you know, uh, it's funny that you you mentioned that. Um, you know, me and Austin uh, during Reading were watch. Or no, I think it was the uh, the cabin fever shoot. We were mm-hmm. kind of stalking you. I think we were like a target behind you. And so we were watching and like analyzing your shot and, you know, just kind of being fanboys. It, it's something that I get along with him really well on is we can kind of fanboy out over guys like you. Right. Um, and he was saying like, oh, man, Ben holds like these crazy long shots. Can't uh, like are would you attribute that to you are matching your your pin float and everything to what you visualized or is it? your shooting style is 
I don't know, more passive or what would you call that? Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunately it's gotten worse over the years, but, um, Oh, my, my shot has gotten much longer, but for me, I, I assume it's just what it takes to get the job done. You know, I really have that mentality of, I, I don't care who's sitting there. I don't care who's watching. I don't care who's watching the clock. I'm going to go through my process and, if it takes me 10 seconds or it takes me 30 seconds, that's what it's going to take. And I don't care. Right. I think that's and, important. I think that's important. Yeah. Some people say like, oh, you know, this person made me feel rushed, you know, and that's what cost me this arrow. And ultimately, when you break that down, it's just an excuse. <laughs> yeah. It if, is. if you block them out yep. and do your thing, it, you know, it shouldn't matter. Uh, yeah. If, if you ever talked to a lot of, you know, like Tommy and I have shot together for, gosh, over 20 years now as a team Mm -hmm. in different events. And, you know, luckily for me, he is so fast. (laughs) So he always shoots first because that gives me more time to sit up there and do what I need to do. And it's just always worked out that way. He's always shot first and he's done before anybody else. And then I have all this time. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't leave much time to visualize. (laughs) No, but that's okay. Oh, ben, okay. could you walk us through your what your shot process is like? Um, well, unless I, I that question alone might be overcomplicating things, you know, or yeah, it's not really that complicated. It's just you know, I try to make I kind of over aim sometimes, so that's what kind of gets me in trouble. Uh-huh. But um, I I like, of course, I like my dot not to ever move. I, um, I'm very similar. I, I I think that's one of the things that I really liked about watching you shoot is I kind of saw a lot of what I really like. And that's one of the things I really enjoy about shooting is the act of aiming. You know? Yeah. And I, I kind of noticed that you also aim. And, and, you know, some people, though, will say, like, I'm just super dynamic. The pin is wherever and I'm going to break a certain way, you know. And then some people, I think, like yourself – and I think Chance Bobef, they say like I'm gonna, I'm gonna steer this inside the lines until that shot goes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and the other thing is, when I was saying earlier about I don't care how long it takes me, and I don't care if people are waiting on me, you also have to have the discipline to let down. And I, I'm not afraid to let down if it's not right. I let down. Start over. Right. I think that's uh, a skill in itself is being able to let down. Yeah. Cause I know some people will, they'll break a bad shot just to get the arrow away from them. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Uh, the, that ability to let down, um, makes me wonder how do you have your release set? Or, or do you only shoot hinges or do you shoot a thumb button or? So I, all, for a lot of years, I just shot a thumb button. Mm-hmm. And um, then I decided what, and I kind of played with the back tension a little bit. And then I decided several years ago that I was just going to totally go to a back tension and, and uh, work on it. And I still don't think I've mastered it at all, but wow, it's, you know, when, when that shot goes off nice, it's like, okay, yes, that's what you want every time, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So you, I take it you won everything. Did you win everything with a thumb button, or did yes? You, and and I imagine you've had good luck or good not good luck, good success with a hinge also, which is why you 
want to stick with the hinge. Yeah, it just it clears my mind a little bit more. I can be, I can slow it way down, be aggressive mm-hmm. with the movement, and um, I don't have to worry about the only thing. The only thing, like with a thumb button, you know, some shots, you know, if you put a little bit more pressure on the on the barrel, it'll go off faster. You know, with the with my hinge, it kind of seems to go off around the same time all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit more consistent. Right. So I take it, are you running your hinge rather cold? Yeah. 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 I I just slowed my hinge down to do this thing that you're talking about of getting used to that aggressive, like, I don't want to say the roll, but like the aggression, uh, the the movement, to get used to the movement of, of getting that shot to break. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of not shying away from it and embracing it and that kind of thing yeah and everybody you know austin grabs my release and and it he was like oh my gosh this thing's the fastest thing ever <laughs> i'm like i can't even get it to go off half the time but <laughs> <laughs> i've had releases that are like sped up super hot and i can't get it i won't be able to get them to break so that's why i'm going the other yeah. way now yeah. uh, do you shoot your hinge with a click or no click uh i've always shot it with a click and and here here again, Tommy's like, don't, don't shoot that thing with a click, <laughs> you know? And so I just, the other day I took it, I took it out and it seems to be a lot better. You know, I can just keep one motion. It seems yes. like I, I click it and then I stop for a second. Right. And uh-huh. then, and then I start my process of pulling through, but um, without the click, I don't have to do that. I can just keep one, one motion going. Right, right. Until it go, until it breaks. Tommy so. Daly is a very wise man. That's I, I'm on that same kick. I think a couple people that are like um, kind of click hinged loyalists are kind of making that uh, that venture over to the no click now for that same reason. The, the way you said it was perfect. Is that you just have this one one solid motion? Yeah, and and the click I actually like because it kind of like resets my head. Like, okay, now it's time to go. Mm-hmm. But, but you're also stopping in that motion where I don't think you should stop. Right. Right. You should just keep flowing with it and go through, through, through the shot and break where you want it to break. So, I'm I'm working on it now. I'm just a little slow, I guess. Uh, you and me both. <laughs> I've slowed my shot, my own personal shot down a whole lot. I used to like really be more like a Tommy Daly type shooter and break shots a lot faster but uh you know you have a kid and then things change and you're not out of the field every day you got to make you know absolutely but you got to make everything count you know you know that leads me to my next question is how do you juggle work competing and being a dad uh it's very tough (laughs) and that's why i'm in the position i am where i'm not winning much um you know my girl's are now old enough where they're in college. So kind of doing their own gig. Uh-huh. Um, and now I'm kind of venturing in doing other things as well, but um, I still love to shoot. Uh-huh. I, I still shoot at my home before I go to work every morning, whether it's five arrows or 10 arrows, I just try to cycle uh, a few arrows through the bow mm-hmm. every morning if I can. Right. All right. I'm dude. I do such a similar thing, Ben. <laughs> like, it's so cool to hear you say this stuff as a fan, 
because then I'm like, oh man, I can be, I'm kind of like, you know, Ben Hobbs. Also, I just had a daughter, so I'm like, oh, I'm kind of like Ben Hobbs, dude. Yeah. My daughter, yeah. my daughter's blonde and has blue eyes too, just yeah. like. I know she's cute. I've seen <laughs> pictures. Oh my gosh. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, dude. It's it's all. You just have to. You just have to make time, and yeah. you know, you can always make time. It's just making the right times, right? Right. Not where you're. Um, taking away family time or not forced away from your daughter. Yeah. Or not forcing yeah. something, you know, Hey, get up early. Yeah. Oh, I you do. Know, or <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, stay out late, you know, when everybody goes to bed and <laughs> yeah. shoot with the light on the target or whatever, you know, you have to do. Oh, so. dude, Ben, you're talking my language right now, man. Uh, when, uh, when your girls were growing up, did you have this idea that you were going to, turn them into archery champions or were you not thinking like along along those lines no i never really did push them they used to go to you know little tournaments with me and, and bring their bows and and shoot but they never really got into it now my oldest now that she's dating austin um she shoots her bow way more than she used to so and she and just she's a, she just killed a buck a too i know yeah I know. It, it's crazy she's a more accomplished hunter than i am I like that fast. <laughs> yeah, she's a killer for sure. <laughs> it's just funny because I look at my daughter and I hold her and I'm like, oh, I'm going to turn you into a a blonde Chance Bobeth. You have no clue like what's in yeah. store. But <laughs> but uh, I've seen dads like completely turn their kids off to archery. So, I, you know, I know there's a fine line and I know ultimately I've seen, you know, I've I've checked out your Facebook. I know that whatever your kids are into, you're into also. And you just support them no matter what. Oh, yeah, 100%. Our youngest daughter um, had been playing soccer since she was three and was on a traveling team. So we were traveling all the time uh-huh. for quite a few years. So Did you get um, did you get mad into soccer as a, as a fan or as a dad? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I, yep. I think when you have that archer's mentality, it's like whatever your kids are into, you're like, oh, I'm going to – I'm going to turn this on for this now. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. And wouldn't, wouldn't change it for anything. You know, we had a really good time. Um, but things, things change and move on. So, yeah, yeah, totally. I, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, I gotta say it's still pretty cool to see you competing and, you know, firing up the bow like you do. I mean, yeah, it's really fun. It's, um, of course, you know, I like to go back to the old days where I used to shoot really good mm-hmm. and I don't shoot that way anymore, but it's okay. You know, I've met so many great friends. I have such long, lifelong friends now, you know, right. because of archery. Right. I'm, and that, that's what keeps me going a lot is, uh, just going out there and seeing all my friends. Yeah. I'm right there with you, and, Ben. I mean, it, like, I was kind of dealing with, the feeling of not being able to put down the same scores that I used to. Yeah. And you can't, I mean, you naturally not going to, I mean, I guess we're healthy guys cause we're not naturally going to blame our, our kid or just our life circumstance or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you just take the, you just take it as it comes. And if you love archery and you love seeing your friends, it's not going to, nothing's going to change really. You're still going to get the same enjoyment out of it. Yeah. And, and maybe one weekend you have a really good, weekend you know and you're like oh okay yes there's a country I... song that i love that says <laughs> i was as good as i've was it 
I'm as good as I've ever been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's it's all about the the people, you know. I really enjoy Yeah. Um, and you know what the people that shoot archery. The guys that won all these big national events, they're still that is still us. <laughs> it's yeah. it's anybody's weekend if we're behind yeah. a bow. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um yep. so Ben, I wanted to pick your brain about indoor archery. Uh, it seems like, I mean, you're a well-rounded shooter, obviously, with your you know, field scores. It's amazing. I, I'll be honest, Ben. I I thought like, okay, Ben's probably like a an indoor killer, you know. But then to find out that your, like your field scores, are almost. I don't want to take away from your indoor, but your field scores are almost more impressive. But I wanted to pick your brain about indoor. Um, mm-hmm. I take it you don't do anything crazy for tuning your bow, right? No, no. Nope. Do, nope. do you do paper tuning? Uh, I do a little bit. Uh huh. I take a it, little bit. You, I take it you try to get your tear just as small as you can. Yeah, and, you know, if, if it goes in the middle and I make a bad shot, and then it goes in the middle if I make a good shot, you know, and you. You know the feeling. If if the arrow's hitting behind the pin where you want it to hit, then I really don't dive into right. all the other aspects of it. Right. Uh, I heard someone say it's like if you can predict where the arrow's going to land when the shot breaks. Yeah, right behind the pin. Mm-hmm. It, it makes yeah. sense. Then that bow is tuned. Yeah. I've always yep. kind of – I've always kind of – I mean, I've said it before. I'm guilty of this too, but hearing people talk about forgiveness in a bow, like, oh, man – you know, I want my bow to be more forgiving. So it's like, so if you want, if you break in the red, you want the arrow to land in the X. Well, that doesn't make any sense, you know. Yeah, that doesn't sound, happen. That doesn't sound like a tuned bow at all. <laughs> no, no, and I like, I like group tuning the the most. Okay, uh, I, perfect. What do you consider group tuning? Because I've heard that defined a couple different ways. Well, I do a lot of walk back tuning, so. Or French tuning, whatever. You uh-huh. know, there's a bunch of different names for it, but um, kind of start at 20, kind of leave the sight the same, and just walk back and do a vertical line uh-huh. and then a horizontal line. And you just bump your, you bump your rest to get your yeah. arrows to land in line yeah. to keep everything consistent. <clears throat> yep. Okay. All right. That's a that's solid. Do you have any crazy uh, arrow building? like no no you know i've been shooting for the same company and the same bows pretty much you know that they've changed over the years but um right now i'm i'm running a i've always ran a pro tour 380 Mm -hmm. with 120 uh tungsten up front but um i really wanted to try the pro comps Uh and so they sent me a couple dozen and i really like them but they're this same, you know, they're 380 spine, run them 120 up front. Um, you, I haven't really got to shoot them at long distance to see exactly what they're going to do, but so far I like them. Do you shoot AAE veins or like a 187? Uh, 187A, yeah. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Um, okay, so how about for indoor? What? Uh, so indoor, I've always ran like the 2712s. Uh-huh. Probably 250 up front. And you- Two fifty, um, yeah. And I, I've always seen you run feathers. Is that correct in saying that? Yes. And, yep. 
Okay, so that's awesome. And and what do you run uh, lengthwise on your twenty seven twelves? About twenty nine. Okay, and what's your draw length, Ben? It's twenty nine and an eighth. Okay, so it's just like right, right in front of your blade. Then is about the end of the the end of your arrow. Yeah, right in front of the riser. Yeah, right in front of the riser. Okay, yeah. I've heard Austin say something similar as far as getting a solid arrow like a solid length on an arrow should be like in front of the riser i think but the big tournaments like you know like vegas i won in indoor nationals um i shot 25 12s really yeah and uh actually i ordered a set i think last year and <laughs> kind of going back you know like and those things work really well I... i'm gonna see if the, see if they'll work i very much considered buying 25 12s as well yeah uh, do, is that for a spine issue or you, to, to get those arrows to spine better or just to get out of the bow a little bit faster? Mm. There you go. What kind of point weight did you run on your 2512s? I think they are, are they 200s. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. All right. That sounds cool. That's, that sounds very similar to like my 23. I shoot. Uh, like the two arrows I mess around with the most right now are 27s and 23s, and my 23s mm -hmm. are very similar. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Um, do you have any tips for all these new guys, all these new archers coming up? Or basically, I wanted to ask, I, this is like a three-part question, or it's a one question that I'm just butchering into a bunch of parts. Um, what, what do you attribute, like, your biggest gain in skill to be to like i know you said you practiced a lot was do you think it's gonna be boring it's work hard but... <laughs> ah, i love it ben i love it <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you a little secret that oh. i used to do so when i was shooting a lot uh -huh. of course i would shoot at home and nobody knew i was at home shooting <laughs> and on the weekends i would go to straight arrow at six o'clock in the morning shoot a full field round or a hunter round and be gone before anybody got there and nobody would ever know I was there. <laughs> and then I would come to tournaments and then, you know, they'd be like, Oh, I haven't seen Ben forever. You know? And <laughs> then I, then I'd wax them. You know? <laughs> you know, there's a lot to that as far as, cause a lot of people go to the, the field and then they end up bullshitting with somebody for, two hours <laughs> and then 10 arrow yeah. 10 arrows later they go home <laughs> yep. you know i'd get there right when it got light and i would shoot and then i'd be gone oh that's awesome man uh back when i was practicing i had a very similar technique where i would just slip onto the field and not stop at the clubhouse or stop to talk to anyone yeah i would just park my car behind a tree and just slip on <laughs> yeah exactly i mean that's where you get you know your most clarity I think, you know, it's always great to shoot with people and I love shooting, practicing with people because they would push you, mm -hmm. but to shoot by yourself and get to know, you know, how you feel, how the shot feels, you know, you could ask a lot of people since I'm pretty much the last one to always shoot in a group mm -hmm. or get off the line, you know, or walk to the next turn, you know, most of the time on my last arrow, I'm walking before my tar my arrow even hits the target. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot to be said about what you just said, um, like shooting and practicing by yourself. You kind of get 
like some clarity as far as like you said how the shot felt and like what kind of input was going on at that point i know for a lot of people they got to shoot with a person to have fun or you know to stay motivated and i've been Mm -hmm. there but i've also shot by myself and i felt like i made a lot of improvements by myself i guess because the only person you're talking to is yourself out there yeah and and you know when you're in that kind of state of mind and you make a a really good shot and you walk down to the target or you look through your binoculars for, for me, it better be dead mental. If it's not, then, then I, then I look at, okay, what did I do? What, you know, was my shoulder not set? Was Mm -hmm. my, was I pulling too hard, pushing, Mm -hmm. not in my peep, right? You know, so I kind of analyze yeah, I, why it didn't go in the middle. That was one of the things I noticed about you, Ben. Um, when we were shooting, we were shooting a uh, indoor at Wilderness. Um, you would take a shot, and you would, I, I, I guess you were like reflecting on the shot. But there were shots that you took that you were like, oh man, and that the like your arrow would be X or ten, <laughs> you know. And I, I think I asked you, I was like, well, well what's <laughs> what do you mean? Oh man, you're like, ah, that could have been better. And I was like, dude, that's in, man. But yeah. I guess you have a lot of reflect, like I, you know, you do a lot of reflecting on your how the shot felt and like the process that that you went through to get there. Yeah, it, to me, that's the number one thing that people really need to work on is themselves. Don't get all wrapped up in all this, you know, tuning and you know. If you make a good shot, it, it should go in the middle. Mm-hmm. Period. Right. Right. That's I. I guess it's kind of it's it's so perfect that you say that ben because like one of the things i've been talking about on this podcast i i started listening to joel turner and his like shot iq i didn't take his class but i've been listening to his podcast and stuff and mm-hmm. he stresses the mental aspect of archery and i'm kind of coming around to seeing how important that is like how huge that is and Unfortunately, like people only want to hear about gear on on arch, especially archery podcast. They're like, "Yeah, tell me what stabilizer setup I need," you know, and that's it. Yeah. But one of the yeah. things that I'm I'm talking about and stressing lately is like the mental side, and, and I think you illustrated that quite well. You know. Uh, well, it's it's huge. You know, if you're not not mentally clear, um, you're going to struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing, though, you know, when it comes to, it might be consider tuning it might not i'm really really crazy about getting my draw length perfect Ooh, really? for me really yeah and it could be a twist in the cables in or out you know and i can feel it okay and so i really work on trying to dial that in is is that solely by feel ben or is this a number solely by feel okay yep. I, I i couldn't even tell you what exactly my draw length is right now uh-huh. Um, I couldn't even tell you where my knock point is right now. I don't care. <laughs> All I care about is how it feels. And then uh-huh. I work on the other stuff later. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I take it then because I know that like your peep height will change the way your draw length feels because you kind of go like, you know, the peep height goes up and down. Your face kind of goes up and down the string. So mm-hmm. is there, do you, do you have like a peep to um to knock point or peep what's the word peep to knock 
uh, measurement that you keep consistent or is that another thing that you just go by feel on? No, I keep that pretty consistent and I don't know the exact length of it. I just have a, like an engineering level uh-huh. that I put up and I, uh, I have it marked and uh-huh. I always set it the same bow to bow. I always set it the same. Um, of course, you know, shorter bows is going to be a little bit different than the longer bow, but um, I always try to keep them the same, but it's just, it, it's my shoulder placement is what I really look for. Yeah. Your form is crazy good. And did you get like coaching or anything like that? Or is this just something you, you just know and developed on your own? Just developed on my own, you know, just feel it's, you know, it's all about the feel of it. Yeah. If it doesn't feel right, then, then it's not going to work very well. Right. Right. For me. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, my form looks terrible, but it's what feels right for me. And I've had people like kind of coach me on to keep my shoulder down and I, you know, it just doesn't work for me any other way. So I just say, yeah, you know, it's whatever works for me is what I'm going to run. Yeah. And that's what, that's what's so unique about <clears throat> archery is, you know, everybody's different. Yeah. Big time. Not, not everybody's the same and it's what works for you and how consistent you can become with that feel mm-hmm. the repeatability of it i mean people tell me all the time you're crazy one one twist and you can tell the difference i'm like yeah i can mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i think um a lot of people would agree with you i know um like tate morgan had his hoyt and he had it dialed in he shot the 924 at uh i can't remember what event if that was cougar mountain or whatever but mm-hmm. he shot his 924 and then he said his timing or his cables changed and then that that hold changed for him the whole thing the bow the way the bow felt completely changed and he couldn't get it back or or it's like his center serving changed or something like or like he reserved it and then everything was out after that yeah so i i totally know what you mean and it's true uh, a half turn in one of your cables in will effectively lengthen your draw length even if it's mm-hmm. a 30 second of an inch or whatever yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've tore perfectly good D loops off my bow to change, you know, uh, not even a sixth, a thirty second of an inch, you know, just to see if it if it changes how I anchor. Yeah, uh, I've done that as well. I went through yards of D loops doing that. I don't care. I don't care what it costs. I'm gonna change it. If I don't like it, I'm gonna change it back. Oh. So. I had like three feet of this really nice Spectra D loop and it's just gone. Cause I was, just yeah. kind of, I was, <laughs> I hope my outlaw partner isn't like, okay, that's it. I'm cutting my D loop off. He's listening to this right now. going, I'm cutting my shit off now. <laughs> well, it's a cheap, it's a cheap fix. Yes. You might find something that is like, Oh yeah. Yes. That's the way it is. Entirely. I agree. You know, I've tried, I've tried so many times cause you see all these guys running short D loops, you know, and I'm like, well, that makes, you know, it makes sense. And so I've tried it and I've tried it and I've tried it for years and years. And I always go back to a little bit longer. This fits my face better and my anchor. Mm-hmm. But I always try something different, you know, with that because it's so easy to change. Yeah. It's a few minutes. And who cares if it costs you $20 for a roll of it? Who cares? <laughs> Move yeah. on. You know? Yeah. And hopefully you're only spending $20 on it. <laughs> Whatever it is, yeah. You know, well, yeah, if that's not you your know. third roll of D loop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. Well, that's cool. Uh, 
Oh, I think uh, just for for everyone else that's gonna you know kick me for not asking, what what kind of um, stabilizers do you run on your bow, Ben? I am running right now, um, Easton um, Halcyons. Do you find those to be? Uh, th- did you shoot the contour stabilizers at one point? I did not. For twenty years, I shot Doinker, and I shot for Bill for and Eric for years and years and years, and just kept at it and kept at it. And then I'm, I think it was last year, I was talking with Steve Anderson, and like asking him about the Easton stabilizers, and so we went over it, and I'm like, I'm gonna get a set. I'm gonna try them out. I like them a lot. They look really cool. They they look and you know not to sound like a shill or anything, but Easton just makes solid solid shit like all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going like all I I have all Easton arrows right now. I I have the old Easton contour bars and even the to me I really like the contour bars, but I just haven't had a chance to to shoot the Halcyons yet. Um, how much weight are you running on your bars? I'm running five ounces off the front and I think 11 ounces off the back. Okay. And do you have like a method? I imagine like just just based on what you've told me before, you've probably in my mind, I'm guessing you came to that ratio just by, or not ratio. I shouldn't say that word, Uh, but you've come to that combination just trial and error. Oh, absolutely. You, You know, like I said, with my D loop, I do the exact same thing. I'm kind of, crazy when it comes to stabilizers too mm-hmm. um i move them down like a fraction of an inch at a time <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> you know just just to not go over past the point of no return mm-hmm. so i move them down i don't like it i move them up I, but just very very small increments mm-hmm. same and until i get what feels good in the hand and shoulder placement and how the bow balances and aims right yeah me uh, i've done the same thing the, uh, i have not messed around with the half ounce weights because i feel like i would never i feel like that'd be the point of no return for me yeah but ha- have you messed around with those at all ben no no i i only do kind of you know ounce at a time yeah me too i'm with you on that one and i really you know i've tried several times the 10 degree down on the front and I really like the way my hand sits in the grip uh-huh. with it, with it, but it just, I always go back to just taking that off and running it straight out of the bow. Uh, so I've noticed that straight out of the bow gives you a crazy, like better feedback as yeah. far it, it's stiffer. It's a stiffer setup running it straight out of the front of the bow. Yeah. Like you said, it gives you a different, you know, a feel, a feel that is different, you know, and constant you know mm-hmm. i just always go back to it i don't know why but uh, that's cool and uh what kind of sight and lens do you use the site i'm running is a specialty archery site mm-hmm. uh, scope with a uh, four power lens and then i run the xp excel site oh cool um do you shoot a pen or a dot no, a dot. I I just can't get used to those oh. those pins. <laughs> this is so cool, Ben. <laughs> For as a fan, <laughs> as a fanboy, this is like one of the greatest days ever. <laughs> yeah, this is like finding out Michael Jordan drives a Yaris. Also, 
it's uh, you know for me i'm a little different i like having my dot cover most of the of the spot uh-huh i just seem to aim better if i get go to a small dot in my lens i seem to move around a lot more and right. then i can't really relax mm-hmm. and be aggressive with the shot i know it sounds weird but um and i've tried i've tried the the fiber optic pins and i just always go back to a dot right Right, right. I'm I'm also a dot shooter. Do you shoot a dot for um, Safari as well? Yeah, for everything. Oh, yep. right on. That's cool. Do you? So, how big? Like, I don't know. It's kind of a weird question. But how big of a dot do you run for outdoor? I think it's. Is it a sixteenth? A sixteenth of an inch. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I think that's about. The same size dot that I run as well, um, but yeah, uh, four power lens. I take it you don't run a clarifier or anything like that, right? No need. No, no, I do not. Never have. Uh, ben, do you run your scope all the way out, or your sight all the way out, or do you? No, I do not. I I run it about uh, a quarter quarter of the way in. Is there? Do you have a reason, like a preference, or you know? Well, <clears throat> my peep it the housing and my peep line up a lot better when I do it that way. Okay. So for centering, centering reasons then. Yeah. Yep. Sweet. Well, and, I, and also, if, you know, the dots a little bit, if I think it's too small, then I could run it in a little bit and it'll kind of grow a little bit on the uh, target. So, uh, so Ben, I was going to ask, uh, well, I kind of like be lining off topic. Um, do you have? Are you gonna partner with Tommy Daly again for Reading? Uh, of course. <laughs> I was gonna say, you, you can always poach my partner. <laughs> my partner's Austin. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I don't want to. Hey, I'm in the old guy class now, so I don't want to. I don't want to shoot in your guys' class. That's crazy now. <laughs> oh man. Well, hey, thanks a lot, Ben. Uh, that's you've answered all my questions. I, when I should have been working today, I was writing down questions, like thinking of questions to ask you. That's funny. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> but you know, I've I've been a fan of yours for a long time. Um, you're the reason why I shot went to an Invicta. Uh, you know, um, I've shown people. I took a bunch of video of you shooting indoor and like. You know, completely tried to analyze this video of you shooting with with my buddies and stuff, and uh, I, I just want you to know, like, you know, you still got fans. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, and <clears throat> and I'm a fan of yours. You know, I, I like your attitude, and you come out there to play and uh, and to win, which is good. We yeah, like that. Well, sometimes you know? I, I sandbag a little. This last season, I was a little sandbaggy, but I'm gonna be out there to play more. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's the time of your life where you know you have to take care of business first, and then come play archery. So, yeah, man, everybody goes through it. It's not that you'll be back. <laughs> yes, I know you will. <laughs> you know it, man. Well, thanks a lot, yeah, Ben. You'll be, you'll be taking everybody's money like always. I hope you know. Yeah. I, well, you know, present company excluded, but uh, you know, Rubio still takes people's money. So it's like, why? Well, I know. Why can't we? <laughs> That dang guy, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, I really appreciate it, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. And, you know, 
tell your daughter happy birthday for me. You you were so kind enough to be my guest on your daughter's birthday of all of all days. So Oh yeah. Yeah, we got we got the dinner and the and the cupcakes and that out of the way, so we're good. <laughs> cool, man. Well, thanks a lot, Ben. All right, thank you. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys, I generally don't do an episode recap, but this was a big one, and I hope you guys figured out what it was. In between me fawning over Ben, uh, he said some really important stuff, and like one of the big ones, as always, was the work hard part, the boring part, the the secret, right? Uh, Lance Armstrong said it very best when they asked him what his secret was. He said, I use the oldest trick in the book is hard work. Ben is no different. And he he pretty much laid it out. I mean, there's no get-rich-quick scheme to archery. It's work in, uh, performance out. The other thing that is next level about Ben Hobbs is the not wasting a bunch of time fucking around with your bow. Uh, granted he said that, you know, he has torn bows apart, but he said the biggest part of archery is mental. And I talked about this in like the whole shot, the iron mind shot process thing where I try to take apart Joel Turner's, um, coaching method, but it's, you know, I'm, I'm very much trying to push on to my listeners, i.e. you guys about how one of the biggest aspects of your game is the mental part. The way you think about your shot, the way you approach your shot, what you're thinking about while you're executing, all those things are huge. And I mean like as huge as shooting a bullet hole through paper or as huge as having the correct amount of weight on your bars. All that stuff works together to create extremely high performance. And Ben Hobbs talks about it here. And uh, I just want you guys to know and appreciate like the you know what's come out of this podcast. Or at least this one episode. And um, how awesome it is and, and what Ben has to say. So uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that. Uh, I have a couple cool... Well, I have one, a couple cool new listeners. Um, and one of them was kind enough to throw me a question... And I would like to address it. And this is a question that I'm going to try to address a bunch because it can be attacked from multiple angles. Uh, He was saying, uh, hey, I've been listening to your podcast. I'd like to know how you and your guys set up your bows for the best hold. I tend to drop low and don't feel like it's target panic. Okay, so... There's a handful of things, all right? Um, my first, very first uh, reaction would be, or my first thought would be, that there's too much weight on your stabilizers, right? Um, actually, before that even should be timing. Is your timing even, all right? Another thing you can try if timing even isn't cutting it for you is advancing your top cam, and that will kind of pull it up. I generally don't like doing that, I, I liked running my stuff dead even. But I do know other people that will run top cam first. 
assuming your timing is good, right? The next thing I would look at is the weight on your stabilizers. Back bar angle can play into this also. Um, taking weight off the front, bringing it to the back sometimes helps with this. Uh, it can even cause you to, instead of having a dip bang, you can start having up bangs. Um, if bringing weight from the front to the back doesn't do it, you know, I would I would start with one ounce. One ounce off the front, stick it on the back. If that doesn't do it, you know, you can take that one ounce off the front and just see if that does it. Sometimes it's mass weight. You know, overall mass weight of your bow will cause you to dip low, right? Um, the other thing it could be is your peep height for whatever given distance. If this is 20 yards, if your peep height is too high, it can cause you to kind of like force yank shots out the bottom. Um, and then the other thing, probably the most important thing is to approach, is to examine how you're approaching the shot as far as your execution goes. Are you executing extremely aggressively? And, you know, are you exceeding the speed limit of your execution, basically, is... Speed, the speed limit being is like while you're executing, um, the speed at which you're executing, the limit is the point at which your shot breaks down or you, you lose control of your pin. So are you executing within that speed limit is one thing. Are you being able, are you able to maintain control during your execution is the other. Um, so assuming it's not a gear thing, right? If your gear is all dialed in, your weights are good. You can execute 90% of your shots in the middle, and then 10% of your shots are, are dip bangs. I would then look towards the way you're executing. If your peep height is fine, or if this is an outdoor bow, so you you know, you know, can't set your peep for one distance, um, then, yeah, you're going to have to examine your execution. And, and it's going to be in mainly the the timing of your shot. Sometimes what happens when you dip low, it's you're trying to break a shot off and you're like, now, 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 you know, I got to get this shot off while it's in. And so you start aggressively pushing and pulling into your bow to get this shot to break or whatever your method is. Maybe you just like to pull, right? But you you start ramping up hard. You exceed the speed limit. And then what happens is you dip, shot breaks. So a mantra, right? Joel Turner says a sentence, right? I like a mantra. Because it's something that I used before I knew about Joel Turner's shot process. But during execution, I will say the word gradual to myself. What's cool about Joel Turner's thing is he says a sentence has kind of built-in pacing to it. So Joel Turner says pulling, 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 right? The speed at which he says it all equates to the speed at which he is pulling. Uh, I like to say gradual because it reminds me to break that shot gradually. And I don't... If I can repeat gradual in my head, I won't start to freak out and think like, all right, now, now's the chance to get, you know, I got to break this shot now. I can just relax, continue to aim, and know that as long as I work this shot gradually, it is going to break. So that is, the gradual thing is mine. You can use your own, come up with your own. You can use Joel Turner's, which is pulling, pulling, pulling. Um, but that's going to be a big help. You're gonna find that you break out, you dip out the bottom a lot less. Um, if this is for an indoor bow, lowering your peep definitely helps. But uh, the biggest thing is gonna be how you approach and execute that shot. So hopefully, 
you got you get some some help out of this. Next person I interview, I will ask the same question too and see what they think. Um, but again, it can be approached many different ways. Dipping out the bottom, the infamous dip bang happens to pros, high level pros all the time. The the reason, the cause for it can be anything. Um, or any of the things that I mentioned above. It could be something else even. It could just be you get tired and you drop and then bam, blast a shot out the bottom, you know? But all the things I just mentioned, those are the things that plagued me when I was having dip bang issues. Um, I really don't have dip bang issues now. I have maybe the occasional up bang. But, uh, you know, it's so rare. It's it's all in, It's all really between the ears at this point. And uh, I'm sure the between the ears part will clear up a lot of your guys' game. I mean, I think it will add points to a lot of people's game. Uh, I have not really applied this, like, the way I'm shooting right now to field, but I've applied it to indoor, and I'm feeling really good with the way I'm shooting indoor right now. So hopefully I can put on a good showing for you guys at this Coyote 600. And uh, I won't look like a guy who's just tall talk and no, uh, you know, I won't look like a guy that's all ponytail and no real uh, score. You know what I'm saying? So thank you guys for listening. And uh, I hope to talk to you all again in a week. Uh, Keep shooting them straight. Tip your waiters or waitresses. Ciao.